This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we'll be talking about Swingers. Came out in 1996, directed by Doug Lyman, written by John Favreau, starring John, starring John Favreau, Vince Vaughn, Heather Graham, uh, the guy who uh, hates Lumberg, and <laughs> Ron Livingston. There you go. And that's it. Other people too, but those are the big guys. Um, mm-hmm. Alex, I think this was your movie, so I want to lead us off here. Yeah, just I love this movie very much because it was uh, after I had a like particularly rough breakup, and I had a lot of them. I would watch this movie a lot because it brought me back, it brought my spirits up. Seeing Mikey go through all that shit that he goes through, and then coming out kind of normal and being able to talk to girls again. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, see, that's why I don't I don't like these kind of movies because it's that, that feeling sucks. So why do I want to watch somebody else go through it? Well, while I was going through it, it was it was nice going through the whole process. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't getting over like done getting over whatever breakup I had uh-huh. at the moment. But seeing somebody go from point A to point B reminded me like, okay, this is eventually going to end. I, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, everything's going to be fine. And, and just uh, me up. anything's po- possible with the power of dance. That's true. Ballroom dancing. Alright, it also reminds me of how much I hated Swing when it was in fad for a month. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> God. Um, Alright, did you guys see this in the theater? Did you guys? I, probably not. This is an independent movie, right? You probably wasn't even that many screens. No, no, I definitely didn't see this in the theaters. Yeah, I don't think I did either. All right, and I always thought Favreau uh, directed and wrote it, wrote it, but I didn't. He just wrote it. Mm-hmm. And uh, all right, let's get in our list and to remind people we're going to do uh, seven moments from the movie, whether the good, bad, just seven things that stuck out to us. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, why don't you lead us off? I'm going to lead it off with my number seven, and this is the most brutal scene in the movie. And I can, I mean, I love this movie, but I can barely watch the scene. Like I can barely stand it. It is the phone message that he leaves after How getting is this that girl's your number, number seven. This is my number seven, man. Because it's is the your worst. Number seven? <laughs> Cause it's the worst. This is like the worst part exactly. of the movie. Exactly. Know, so that's my that's my number seven. I put it at the bottom. No rules. <laughs> after this, stuff gets better. Just like in the movie, Mikey's life starts up as shit and it ends up good. That's my list. <laughs> I agree with Scott, but whatever, it's your list. You're free to do whatever you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah. <laughs> this scene is horrifying. Uh, and I, every time I watch it, I just watch Mikey going through this uh calling again and again and leaving different messages and it's uh, it's so cringeworthy that it actually unlike a Ben Stiller, you know, meet the parents movie, it comes back around to being funny. It's so cringeworthy. But the one that makes me lose it every time <laughs> was the one right before the last call, and he goes on this 
drive. He's like, you know what? It's not going to work out. <laughs> He's basically breaking up with this girl before anything has happened. And then at the end, <laughs> he just goes, hey, this, this is Mike, by the way. <laughs> then he hangs up. Oh, man. And then she finally picks up. Mm-hmm. And tells him not to call her. Hi. <laughs> don't ever call me again. So, so you got the messages. <laughs> oh, man. I do too. I, mean, <laughs> I ought to say, I think it's a ripoff of Seinfeld, but I'm not sure which came first. But we'll I'll talk about it later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, I'll do my number seven, and this is one of the things that annoyed me when I watched it the other day, is the Vince Vaughn talk, and then, oh, there are going to be so many babies there. There are going to be babies. Oh, babies. <laughs> oh, it's just annoying. I forgot. All the, all the beautiful babies. Oh, it's so goddamn annoying. Like, you know, I like the, you know, you're so money, you don't even know. All that. that stuff I like, but the there are some other things, and Baby was the one that really got me. Yeah, I, I agree that he was absolutely obnoxious. <laughs> it's further on down one list. What do you say about that? So, that's my number seven. Some of the dialogue that came out of Vince Vaughn and the other guy, which I don't even remember who the other guy was. The guy Sue. pulls the gun on everybody, but... Sue. Oh, Sue. Okay. Yeah. A boy but, named Sue. That's my number seven, Scott. Okay. My number seven is, just as you pointed out, Sue pulls out the gun, and everybody, he basically kills the evening, uh, and he, Vince Vaughn and Favreau, are like, what the fuck, man? Like, what, what are you doing? And he starts going on this tangent Sue does about, oh, you don't know what it's like. I, you grew up in Los, or New York. I grew up in LA. You don't know what it's like around here. Vince Vaughn says, you grew up in Anaheim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a funny line by itself, but having grown up in Orange County, uh, a couple miles away from Anaheim, <laughs> yeah, I'm like right on the border of Anaheim. Uh, and why there there definitely are uh, shadier parts of Anaheim. It's not it's not the get. <laughs> uh, for him to to say that he grew up on the mean streets is like. Uh, so I, I like there that are so, I will say there's some pretty ghetto parts. Of there Anaheim. are some pretty good, but I'm guessing he did not grow up. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I agree with that too. Uh, it could have been like, they could have said Irvine, but nobody would have gotten that reference. Yeah. I mean, Anaheim's yeah, the only city, I guess in Newport, <laughs> the only orange yeah. County cities people know. Right. Does that bother you that we, where else is anywhere in the country does someone say their County they're from, not the city. That's true. From. Yeah. I hate, and the worst part is, is when I tell somebody I'm from Orange County, half the time they don't even get that. And then I have to go back to the, I'm five minutes away from Disneyland. Oh, because yeah. it's a weird thing. We don't want to say we're from L.A. <laughs> I, if I'm out of the state, I'll say I'm from L.A. It's just easier that way. Yeah, it, there's ease, but I. it's not that I would be embarrassed for saying that so much as it just, it's wrong. It's not correct, so I don't like saying it. <laughs> Okay, but if you met a guy from Germany and he said, you know, he's from Berlin, but really he's from the suburb of like, right? No, that's care. what I'm saying. No, that's that's the funny thing. Like, I I wouldn't care that somebody did that to me. It's just like a personal <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, I know that I'm giving like the wrong information and it bugs me. Uh, it's not that I'm being disingenuous or anything. It's just like it's not correct. <laughs> it bothers. Me. Yeah, because if I'm out of state, I'll say L.A. Then they oh where at? And then I'll say oh, okay, actually I'm from. <laughs> But most people really don't care, and they ask for you from anyway. So yeah, sure. California's a good answer. That's true. Yeah, true. All right, uh, Alex, number six. 
My number six is uh, when they go to the casino, when uh, T, Vince Vaughn's character, finally um, convinces Mikey to get out of his funk, and they drive all the way to Vegas from L.A. just in one night, which I do not recommend, by the way. Don't do that shit. <laughs> it's so realistic. It's a, that's a young, yeah. that's a young, man, young man's game to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they get to the casino, and Mikey loses... <laughs> Like three hundred dollars in one hand, and he's very depressed. And the waitress comes by, and T. This is when you get to see how you know he's annoying, but he's just so full of confidence. The way he talks to the waitress, and he's like, you know, why don't you go around? You know, I'll give you a nice shiny dollar. You go, uh, I tell him to go easy on the waters, and he's fake canning her down. And uh, then she comes back, and he talks her into bringing a friend to meet them at some other bar. And Mikey just goes, that was like some Jedi mind shit. How'd you do that? Yep. I just go. like, I like how ballsy, like, T is. And that's like the first uh, scene that you kind of see it. And the first hint that Favreau was a nerd and was going to direct superhero movies in the future. <laughs> <laughs> does, does anybody have the other uh, diner scene from that movie? No. Which one? Reorders the pancakes. Oh yeah. Or is that the same scene? No. Oh. Oh okay. No, that's at another casino. Yeah. When he when he he asks for the the pancakes in yeah, Lost in Paradise, and she goes away, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, I just told this joke she didn't even get," and she comes back and calls him Voltaire. Yeah. <laughs> she absolutely did not give a shit, and she actually did get the joke. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I like, uh, well, you kind of glossed over it, but that late night trip to Vegas where everyone's so pumped when you're, you know, you're leaving LA, you're on the 15 in the first hour, and then it's just like, oh, God, two hours later. And then, yep. If you're lucky. They, they kind of nailed that. I mean, two hours later, not that you're there, you're still, you're still like, Ugh. oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah two hours <laughs> later, and we're still not there. You're pulling off on Zizix Road to go pee. <laughs> yeah, and you can see the lights in the distance, yeah. but you're still an hour and a hoping, half away. Hoping you don't see any mobsters burying bodies on road. Uh, Vegas, baby, Vegas. All right. Um, my number six is. Uh... Well, I lost my list. Lost it, sir. Oh, I, I really like the scene where they're talking about. It's kind of early on, and so they're all actors or want to be actors or comedians. And they're talking about how people are stealing shit from movies. And they're pretty much other directors stealing from other shit. Like this is they're talking about Quentin Tarantino, who's pretty new at this time, right? And yeah. Meanwhile, they're doing the exact same thing in the movie, kind of meta. I like that. And then it has the slow motion scene they were talking about right after that as they're going out to party. So, yeah, it was like the shot from Reservoir Dogs. Exactly, and I just like how they were talking about how it was ripping stuff off, and they didn't like it, and then a second later, they're doing it in their movie. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome. Uh, Scott, number six. So my number six is Rob's speech, uh, Ron Livingston's speech towards the end of the movie when uh, John Favreau uh, as my as my number two is, is at his lowest point. Um, yeah. So well delivered, uh, uh, inspirational speech. Uh, Watch out for the cornhole, bud. <laughs> I don't want you fucking up my life too. Um, yeah, it's just uh, kind of a couple of these characters like 
they're they're all self-absorbed, kind of obnoxious douchebags for the most part. Everybody except like the black guy, um, and they slowly start to redeem themselves throughout the movie. Various <laughs> things happen. That guy just rips off like high end uh, liquor bottles from the parties and always complains the party's not is dead anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um with the but yeah, he he delivers the speech to say, like, hey man, you know, like it's all bullshit. This is how it really is. It kinda resonates uh with, with me it resonated with me anyways. Um mm-hmm. not only that it had like what might be the funniest line in the entire movie when, when he says to him like, I forget at which point he says it, but he, he says, hey, it's been two days. You should call that Nikki girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just look on Favreau's face when he says it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I enjoyed the speech. It's, it's so hit and miss when you get these rah-rah speeches in these movies. But this one was, was well done, and Ron Livingston did a good job with it. Um, yeah. It helps that that at this point, Mikey is really just super depressed. He's just fucking slicing salami off with a knife on the floor. He has no furniture. <laughs> He's just sitting there in his wife beater, unshowered, unshaved. Uh, it was awesome that uh, Ron Livingston just opens the door. And he's just in the doorway, just... Uh, he sighs. And then without looking, he just hands a sandwich over to his left side because he knows Mikey's there. <laughs> so that's my number six, Rob's speech. All right, uh, Alex, number five. My number five is you're all grown up. When they're at the diner at the at the almost at the very end, like after they went dancing with the uh, at the Sinatra with uh, Heather Graham, and he has his big comeback night, and <laughs> Vince Vaughn is legit. Like I think he's legit hammered in this scene, and then he jumps up on the table because you know, you're grown up and you're grown up and you're grown up. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, what am I the asshole?" Because it was they were. I, I've seen the behind the scenes and everything. That was the diner was real and it was open while they were shooting. The manager like allowed them to shoot while they were open and still serving food and everything. So everybody in that diner, it was still like three a.m. Is that the one where he just keeps <laughs> doing the, the super obnoxious laugh? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're all grown up. You know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't eat at this establishment anyway. And he just walks away and he gives his food away to somebody else because he's being a jerk. I love that scene because <laughs> I've had many of those nights. We know. Yes. <laughs> I may have more to say about this later. Oh dang! <laughs> All right, uh, my number five. And then you kind of touched upon it, when they go play blackjack and they're, they're talking about how they, how, how they got to play it cool and. and <laughs> Anything but cool. <laughs> and say, yeah. well, uh, not knowing how to put the money down, awkwardly coming up to the table, asking for, you know, he puts his $300 down and he gets three chips and double down. And just that entire scene was just fucking awesome. Yeah. He's like, you got to put it down on the table, sir. I, I don't want to bet at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pulling out ones and whatever, the 20s and fives and everything. And, uh, Yep, acting cool, playing blackjack. Alex Scott. Mm-hmm. My number five is the... <laughs> I've written down as douches versus douches in hockey. But uh, <laughs> how they, they get in that scrape earlier with the... I don't know if they're supposed to be gangbangers or just like 
want to be gangbangers? Like, it's kind of unclear. No, they're that. just other dudes. Yeah, but they're like also being douches, and then yeah. later they're just all playing hockey. <laughs> The oh, great yeah. unifier that is video game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Does, does anybody have the other hockey scene, hockey scene on there? I do. Okay. I won't say. I, I did. I did like that there was like. So there's several points in the movie just to show how full of shit everybody. And this was a good way to show it how. Neither side wanted anything to do a real fight, so they they're actually down with like playing video games, going to drink together. Uh, it was a funny callback. They could have just ended it after they split after he pulls the gun out. Yeah. And kind of, they kind of needed to do that too to, to kind of redeem Sue's character too. Otherwise, there'd yeah. be been these guys running around that he'd pulled a gun on. Yeah. So that's my number five. All right, Alex, number four. Uh, number four. I think this is right after what Scott was talking about, where the the delivery food guy comes over. And Sue and uh, T are wrestling uh, for because of some video game. Oh, no, it was after. It was just them playing video games. But they're wrestling, and Mikey goes over there and goes to pay the delivery guy for food. <laughs> T just goes, hey, Mikey, what's he like? Is he nice? Is he clean, Mikey? Is he clean? Is he brown? <laughs> oh, it kills me every fucking time. I still use those lines to this day. I've never heard you use those lines, ever. What? For real? Nope. When somebody's at the door. It's like, is he brown? Is he clean? Maybe. I'm calling bullshit right now. Well, I still use it. Maybe you're thinking it. I'm sure your wife yeah, gets he- that reference he- every time you say it. <laughs> yes, she does. Headcanon. <laughs> All right. Um, my number four is when the... Uh, what did you say that guy's name was? Not Vince Vaughn. Sue. Sue. Sue and Vince Vaughn are drunk off their asses at the at the Sinatra place or whatever, and that's when Mike's hitting on Heather Graham at the t- and they're just drunk com- <laughs> drunk commentary on the whole thing that's going down. Oh look at it. oh he's doing it. Oh uh, and just the look on their faces is fucking priceless. When he starts yeah, arms, are, arms <laughs> around ignoring, each other. Yeah, ignoring their dates. When he, when he starts dancing with her. Yeah. I uh, I that kills me. Not for nothing, but Heather Graham looks ridiculous. Jeebus H. Yeah. She looks ridiculous in everything. Yeah, but especially this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say this movie's bullshit. At the end of all this, you don't get out, you don't get to go with Heather Graham. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Scott, number four. Uh, number four. Did we skip Alex? Or did he just do his? No. That was, oh, that was your The brown. Uh, number yeah. four is the, the whole big speech. About how he's money, how he's a bear. <laughs> you see that rabbit? Oh. <laughs> what do I do with this rabbit? <laughs> Get these big fucking claws. You know what to do with these claws. Uh, that 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 whole scene cracked me up the first time I saw it. Um, didn't I? I didn't didn't play out this time around quite like I remembered it. Um, it was still great. Um, I actually did that scene in college, the semester of drama that I took. <laughs> that was one of the scenes that we did. Uh, I forget. I think I was playing the Vince Vaughn character, playing Trent, uh, in that scene. Uh, With these fucking claws, you don't know how to kill the bunny. Yeah. You, you tell there's some ad-libbing on, going on there, and they just kind of go with it. Yeah. It's kind of Vince Vaughn at his, like, 
funniest. It's funniest, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was a oh. a memorable scene. <laughs> and the whole time, just look on uh, Petro's face, like, the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> But I also like at the very end when it pays off, when you actually see the he sees the bunny, the rabbit sitting there. Yeah, at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is when in Vegas, T gets those waitresses to meet up at the bar, and then they go back to one of their trailers, and they start hitting it off and everything. And uh, Mikey all of a sudden... Is not making out with the girl dressed as Dorothy. He's like telling her about this whole breakup and how emotional he is. So he wants to go make a phone call. This is a brutal scene too. So he knocks. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in a trailer and one of those small campers. But there's no doors anywhere. If you want some privacy, there's like these dividers that fold out kind of like a sturdy curtain. So he has to knock on that. While Vince Vaughn is pretty much getting it on. He knocks. And Vince, it, first of all, just you see a hand come out with a condom. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I need to make a call. It's like, what? I need to make a phone call. And then he slams the gate shut. And then you hear a bunch of shuffling. And you see the blonde waitress come out first with his shirt, you know, and pretty much nothing else. And goes sit down. And Vince Vaughn is just naked holding a pillow over his junk. <laughs> He goes over to the end of the hall, and he starts making his phone call. And then that's when the girls start chatting, and they they start getting emotional. But my number three is just the look on Jesus Christ. Get to it. Yeah, the look on Vince Vaughn's face when all this is happening, and all the girls are crying. And then Mikey comes back, and is like, "Did she call back?" He's like, "No." And then they're all like, "Oh, poor baby, blah blah blah, that." And you just see naked Vince Vaughn with a pillow over his boner. Gold. There it is. It's my number three. Why you described thirty minutes of the movie right there? All right. <laughs> oh, it's <was> awesome. <laughs> my number three is what Alex, for some reason, had as number seven is the answering machine scene. <laughs> it's brutal. I it, can't watch it. It's definitely the most memorable scene of the movie. It is hard to watch. That's why I have a couple things higher than it. But I mean, come on, it's it's a damn good scene, and it's it's yeah, it's brutal. But it's very memorable, and uh, you've already you already said most of it, so I won't go over it again. But that's my number three, Scott. Uh, number three is Vince Vaughn in this movie, um, and his character Trent. It, so this was the movie that kind of launched him into public awareness. Yeah, uh, and he's so smarmy, and we, we've talked about it a lot. He's confident, and he manages to, to pull that waitress with no problem. Um, but his character at the same time is so obnoxious. And it, it's not even that he's like a bad guy. He's just so like into whatever to the thing that he's trying to be uh, that he just kind of loses sight of everything else. Um, and actually leads into my number two later. Um, yeah, this is it's probably my favorite Vince Vaughn role. Um, and I I thought he was the the most memorable character from this movie. Um, so that's my number three. Agreed. Yeah, nice Trent. Yeah. I, I... I would agree he's the most memorable character. Um, all right. Alex, number two. My number two is the Ron Livingston speech where he got Mikey back on his feet and made him stop eating sausages and his wife beat him. <laughs> all right. Um, 
My number two is all the catchphrases and little things that happen in this movie that I have kind of just to kind of become a part of our society. Like Vegas, baby, Vegas. Like I don't remember ever anyone ever saying that before this movie. Yeah. Um, this place is dead anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's been said a lot <laughs> at parties and stuff or places. Uh, so money, not said that much anymore, but I better back in the day, everyone used to say it. And then the one thing that always gets me to this day is when I'm driving, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but when you're going out with a place with your friends and all of us have our own cars and whenever <laughs> everyone parks in the spaces next to each other, I always think of swingers whenever I see that. It's fucking only in LA that everyone drives from <laughs> a goddamn car <laughs> or yep. Southern California. Yep. Well, if you've got a lady, if you have a cool lady, you got to take her home. People have ladies on the other parts of the country. They don't all drive their We have own no cars. public transportation. <laughs> yeah. So, that every time that ever happened in my life, I always think of Sweeter. So, and some of these other scenes. That's my number two, Scott. Uh, my number two, um, dovetailing in from my Vince Vaughn at number three, is it's the is it the last scene in the movie um, when they're at the diner. Ah, oh, son of a bitch! This is my number one. <laughs> and Vince Vaughn is, <laughs> thinks that that woman is like. Making googly eyes at him, and he keeps doing this, and then you find out that it's actually been this woman, like looking at her baby, that you couldn't see from the other side of the the diner chair. Oh man, it's the perfect way to close it out, um, and just to show how completely full of shit <laughs> Vince Vaughn's character Trent is. Yeah, he's able to pull some women, but at the end of the day, like he's not going anywhere or <laughs> doing anything, acting the way that he is. Um, uh, and just the way it shut him down, like it was kind of the perfect comeuppance. <laughs> yeah. To because the whole movie he's, he's getting on John Favreau's character about you know how how things should be and how he's doing his own shtick and yeah, it, it's all just empty and meaningless. And <laughs> again, he's just completely full of shit. And they, they use the best way possible to demonstrate that. And that's my number two. Yeah, I agree. And this actually kind of happened to me and my friends one time. We were out after hockey <laughs> and uh, we're all you know, sitting around drinking beers or whatever. And everyone starts to leave. And my one friend, who is pretty much Vince Vaughn, he he, he, he could pull them in like nobody's business. But he's also, yeah, like that guy. Anyway, I'm about ready to go. I got to go too. He's like, no, just hold back, hold back. I'm like, what the fuck is it? Oh, this girl's over here. She's been eyeballing me all night, man. She's <laughs> just stick around, man. But she's gonna come over here. And she comes over there like, with her arms wrapped around her boyfriend's waist, like hand down his pants, just walks right by my friend. He's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> so, Way to go, Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, number one, Alex. Uh, that same scene that Scott just said. Okay, I loved it, and it, I saw it more as. Uh... Uh, like a, a a power shift kind of more because it's been Trent leading the way mostly trying to get Mikey out of his funk and now that Mikey has grown up that he's kind of put all that BS behind him and everything he's now the one that's a little bit you know the balance has shifted pretty much in their relationship. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. That's why I saw it, but it was just amazing. It's like, <laughs> oh, she's making, she's playing little baby games. She's like a little baby. <laughs> he's got a napkin. And he's also covering his face over it. <laughs> like he's just looking at him. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then when the chick, 
she finally come over and just grabs her baby. Trent just like leans back. He's like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> he's like, all right. So uh, what, what was your thing? What was your thing again? You didn't, you didn't call. Why, why didn't you call? Mikey? <laughs> Gold. Yeah. Perfect way to end the movie. Yeah, that's good. All right, my number one has really has nothing really to do with the movie, but it is the the, the guys playing the video game hockey, especially because they're playing one of my favorite video games of all time, and he's going to make Wayne Gretzky's head bleed. <laughs> and he's playing and Vince Vaughn's character is playing the Blackhawks, who he's a notorious Blackhawks fan. He's playing Jeremy Roenick, who is notoriously the best character on the game at the time. Like all these kind of inside <laughs> baseball, uh, you know, hockey references for that video game. Uh, it was just awesome. And then followed by the Izzy Brown, Izzy Clean scene. I love that entire thing. The one dude's wearing a Gretzky jersey. Gotta love it. So that's my number one. Scott. Uh, number one is the the messages, the phone messages. Um, just one one more thing to add to this. I was actually talking with, I think it was you, Jeff, on Monday. Um, and I had mentioned that I've, I've seen horror flicks like Hostel and things like that where they're, they're basically just gore fest with slicing people up and those scenes are less cringeworthy <laughs> than him leaving those messages over and over again it's it's nigh unwatchable it's so uncomfortable uh, but yeah that is my number one the phone messages all right and like i said i think you guys are the same or you don't probably scott but the scene in seinfeld where hands it is the same thing where he calls her <laughs> and he leaves her message and she doesn't respond so he calls back the next day, and then he pretty much ba- he like breaks up with her and like yells at her like yes, yeah, let's work it out. And then you find out that she was out of town and she didn't get any of her messages, and he has to get, she, but she hasn't listened to her messages yet. So he tries to break into her house to steal the <laughs> steal the answering machine tape, and it's pretty much the same thing. I wonder which one came it's, first. It's, Not as cringeworthy, more funny than cringeworthy. That's, that's definitely yeah. a like something that couldn't happen now. Yeah, you know, you, I think we might have talked about it in the show. Uh, Episodes that Seinfeld could do now, like in 2017, about social media and things like that, the trouble they could get into. This is kind of the opposite <laughs> when people still had answering machines. Yeah. All right. And I had one honorable mention. It has to do with absolute comeuppance. Just when, you know, when Ron Levinson at the beginning says, you know, when would she call you and when you're, when you're finally over? And that kind of what happens, right? His ex calls him. And then Heather Graham calls while he's on the other line, and then he hangs up on her when she says, I love you. That's awesome. Come up yeah. and... I also... It, Loved it. Kind of an honorable mention for me, too. I really like that he just completely ignored all the advice he began the whole movie and just called her that night. Uh, and even after the disaster <laughs> from him... For no, to... he didn't call her that night. Yeah, she called him. She called him? Yeah, he put a little pin and a note in the calendar Yeah, with her, with a number on it. Three days later, and then as as he was leaving, he the phone rings, and then he gets a call from Heather Graham. Okay. And then his ex girlfriend from New York. Yeah, calls no, no, I, yeah, I remember that, old, that part. Old school call waiting kids. Yeah. 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 No, it wasn't. That, it was that wasn't that night. But it was the next day. His ex girlfriend okay, calls, okay. and then Heather Graham calls okay. while he's talking to her, yeah. and then he hangs up on his girlfriend. Okay, yeah, that, that was cool. Uh, I did like that she wasn't following the rules either, though. Yeah. Mm. Um, and as you stated, Heather Graham is ridiculously hot. Yeah. 
And I, I have to say again, swing. Ugh, God. <laughs> that was a fad, kids, for like six months. It wasn't that long. I know that. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it lasted maybe, maybe a year. Yeah, maybe. Oh, boy. All right. So let's rate it. Alex. So our rating system is one through seven. Seven being an absolute perfect movie. One being piece of crap. Four right in the middle. It's as good as bad. There you go. And and uh, how rewatchable it is. How much we'd stop and watch it. Yes. Yes. So for me, uh, like I said, this movie had a really big impact on me growing up. And uh, I can watch it any time of day, whenever. So it's a six for me. It's too depressing to watch any of the day. <laughs> no way. So that's why I give this a five. I like the movie, but I cannot watch this all the time. Once every couple years is good enough for me. Scott. Yeah, the first time I watched it, it was great. first few times, it was great. Going back and watch it again, it didn't have the same uh, draw that it did for me the first time. Um, yeah, a lot of that, like, you went over Jeff. Some of that stuff still holds up. Some of it just is like, ugh, uh, now. Um, so I give it a four. Boo. All right. Oh, wait. So, so wait, four means he has as much bad with it? Is there as good? No, four. In your opinion? Uh, yes, that's what a four is. No, four, four means that. Uh, <laughs> no, that's what a four is, Scott. Yeah. That's not. Yeah, it is. Whatever. <laughs> that's why it's right in the middle I, we, need, we need to redo the why it's seven Luke, lukewarm because so there's I don't only I like the and whole four is in the, and four is in the middle yeah no I get that but yeah. that was rating it on how much I would watch it again because that's what we've oh, been you doing you don't have to do that there's no rules. so five means you like it but you don't want to rewatch it six is you like it a lot and you will rewatch it seven's perfect Four is as good as much. You like it, but there's stuff you don't like about it as well. Okay. There it is. Well, we don't understand it. No wonder our fans are confused. (laughs) Yeah. You get all that, folks? (laughs) Yeah, they got it. They got it. All right. All right. So what's our crossover topic, Alex? Crossover topic is the best pickup lines in uh, entertainment. Since this movie was all about getting back on the horse and picking up chicks. So I may ask, what's the big pickup line from this movie? Um, you know what? There isn't really like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Weird, but it's all about picking up chicks. Classic Alex. So this crossover topic has nothing to do with this movie, but there you go, folks. Are you sure? It's about picking up ladies. But that's not what the topic was. The topic was pick up lines. As, <laughs> as decided by wow. you. How else do you pick up ladies? You gotta use lines. Oh, you can use your arms too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you can do the Bill Cosby way. Ooh. Uh, too soon. All right. Well, what's your number? Uh, we did five crossover moments of pickup lines. So, Alex, what's your number five? My number five is from the movie Serpico with Al Pacino. Wow. Oh. And he's. Yeah, he's living in New York. He's just in his backyard, and his neighbor just looks over, and she says, "I love your gar. I, I like your garden." And Al Pacino <laughs> just looks at her and goes, "Love my garden," and that's it. 
it's really it's as ridiculous as it sounds. That doesn't sound like a pickup line. Yeah, they were sleeping together in the next scene. Are you making that up? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> been a while since I've seen Serpico. He didn't, but they do end up together. He didn't say, you've got a great ass. Nah, he didn't yeah. say that. Yeah. He says, I love my garden. Oh. All right. My number five, I think it's the first time we're going to mention this TV show on this uh, podcast, is from Herman's Head. Oh, oh wow. Oh shit! <laughs> and there's a scene where you know the, the actual person Herman is wants to hit the hit on this girl, and all the different voices in his head are trying to come up with things to say. And then finally, the nerd guy goes, "I know what to say," and then it flashes to the Herman, and he goes, "Radishes make me gassy." <laughs> I don't know. That stuck in my head forever. I always fucking laughed when I saw that as a kid, and. uh there it I is. still remember Radishes make me gassy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was one episode that like, I loved where, for whatever reason, he tries to stay up 48 hours or something. And the rest of his voices fall asleep except for, like, Alpha. <laughs> and he starts doing crazy stuff. Anyways. <laughs> for kids who don't know Herman's Head, imagine this the movie. Uh, what's that picture? Inside Out. Inside Out. It's basically Inside Out. All right, Scott, number five. Okay. My number five is from Face Off. Uh, beginning, Caster Troy is getting away on the jet, and he calls over the uh, flight attendant, and he says to her, uh, if I were to send you flowers, where would I? And then he pauses. No, let me rephrase that. If I were to let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? And it works. Although it turns out that she's actually an FBI agent, so I don't know how much it actually. But they are making out like two seconds later. Only <laughs> the line delivered is only Nick Cage can. Uh, so that is my number. Five. How do you deliver it? <laughs> Would you be grateful? <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> All right, Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, number four. My number four is from Anchorman. When Ron Burgundy first sees uh, Veronica Corningstone at his party and doesn't know who she is, he's like, all right, I'm going to send something up to you. If you don't like it, just send it right back. I want to be on you. <laughs> <laughs> she just slowly turns around and starts walking away. And poor Ron just goes, wait, I... I want I want to be on you. <laughs> Great delivery. Yeah, I may have more to say about this movie later on. <laughs> All right, my number four. Well, technically, this is not a pickup line because they're already on the date. It's from American Pie, <laughs> early on in the movie, where he goes, "Suck me, beautiful." Jeebus. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it cracks me up every time. She laughs in his face. Oh, it's brilliant. Suck me beautiful. There it is. My number four. Scott. Uh, number four is old movie. Uh, Gone with the Wind. Uh, Clark Gable says the smoothest shit ever when he says, uh, no, I don't think I will kiss you. Although you need kissing badly. That's what's wrong with you. You need to be kissed and often by somebody who knows how. And then they kiss. Because Clark Damn. is fucking smooth. 
That's kind of like a rap song from today, but they wouldn't be using the word kiss. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember that movie. I've only seen it once and didn't like it. You didn't like it. What part did you like? The I love you. Let's remarry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you mean Alex? Yeah. Oh, I don't think it was four hours long and that she's a bitch the entire yep. movie and there was a bunch of other things. God is my witness. Anyways. Alex, number three. My number three is from Jeff's favorite movie, Napoleon Dynamite. Where he goes over to uh, the girl he's going to ask out to the Winterfest or some dance. And he goes up to her in the lunchroom and he goes, I see you're drinking 1% milk. Is that because you think you're fat? Because you're not. <laughs> it's just a stupid deadpan deliveries. Kills me. Well, I'm glad one of us likes it. Yeah, there's nothing funny about that movie. Oh, yeah, there is. The movie's great. No. No. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Very rarely did Jeff and I agree that something is terrible. <laughs> All right. My number three, it's not so much the line. Oh, it's the moment and the line. It's from um, Lost in Translation. The kind of the first time that uh, Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray talk. And he's over by the bar by himself. She's at a party with some friends and she walks over and he's thinking about planning a prison break. You want to get out of here and that whole little thing. I like that a lot. I don't remember the exact wording, but it kind of sets up the relationship for the rest of the movie. So, and Scarlett Johansson, hot. <laughs> Bill Murray, hilarious. Yeah, that is a a good icebreaker. Yeah. All right, Scott. Number three. Number three is from Army of Darkness. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Uh, just before he, uh, she, she slaps him, and then he grabs hold of her. And he says, give me some sugar, baby. That's my number uh, two. And then at the end of the movie, too, stop me if anybody has anything from that. Uh, but uh, no. when he when he saves the other girl at the end, he says, hail to the king, baby. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And then it's not... It's not a pickup line, because he's nagging her, if anybody knows what that means. But when he says, first you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Yeah. Blow. <laughs> he spits out a big old grape. Yeah. Blow. Yeah. Uh, give me some sugar, baby. The chin. All the right. Chin. Alex, number two. Yeah. Hey, Army of Darkness. Give me some sugar, baby. Right. That's good. All right. Uh, my number two comes from Anchorman. There's <laughs> just a couple of them. One when Brick asks Veronica yeah. out and asks her if he wants if he wants to go to the yeah, pants party. That's my number one. <laughs> I have a little bit more to say about this, but yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then also when uh, Burgundy asks her out to begin, he's like, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Anchorman. Pants party. And then she turns him down and then he turns to the next guy. Would you like to come to the pants party? <laughs> uh, no, Brick. No. <laughs> so. All right. Scott, number two. Uh, my number two is from Superbad. Uh, toward the beginning when Emma Stone is talking to Jonah Hill and she mentions the party and he's like, and she says, Oh, I heard you got like a fake ID. Can you get us some booze? And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah I can do it. And he said, cause you know, if you know, you scratch our backs, we'll scratch yours. <laughs> Jonah Hill's character says, well, Jules, the funny thing about my back is that it's located on my cock. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the other girl's kind of horrified. <laughs> He's kind of laughing nervously. And Emma Stone's character like, kind of laughs, but <laughs> it's such a great line. <laughs> I think on my back. It's actually located on my cut. <laughs> uh, he's foul that yeah. movie yeah <laughs> uh, nice one alright Alex number one number one Star Wars when <laughs> uh, Leia's trying to twist the thing and Empire Strikes Back in the Millennium Falcon and then Han comes over he's like easy oh, hey, I thought easy. you were going to talk about him not liking sand that word, <laughs> I thought you were going to I thought you were going to talk about Lando being smooth <laughs> What have we here? Sorry nope. to interrupt. Go for it. And Leia, Leia calls him a scoundrel. I just go scoundrel. I like the sound of that. Ah, that was just the smoothest thing Han ever did. Not, not I love you. I know. Well, that and then, was cool. and then that she was, was wet for another that movie. That was just, yep. Yeah, that was just full on heart throbbing emotions. Something was throbbing after. He <laughs> was frozen in carbonite. Yeah, it was yeah. so hard. Yeah, I think hands down the best pickup line in all the Star Wars is, "Are you an angel?" Yeah. <laughs> oh damn, it works. Ah <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Yep. All right. My number one is not an actual line, but it's a song, and it's from Top Gun when Tom Cruise, Maverick, gets oh, yeah. up on tel- Kelly McGillis singing, "You've Lost That." Uh, Love and feeling uh, with the help let's, of let's, Goose and the let's entire the, bar. Not the song, but the when Mav to Goose. <laughs> I think she's lost that love and feeling. Oh, I hate it when she does the. Oh no, she hasn't. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, no, she has. Yeah. No, yeah, she has. No, she. I hate That's it when that. she does that. <laughs> so, Top Gun, Maverick hitting on Charlie, in the bar. Scott, number one. My number one is uh, we we already mentioned, but the. Anchorman, Brick, <laughs> to Veronica Corningstone. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. <laughs> Brick, are you inviting me to a party in your pants? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. No. And, it's, and then as you already said, he asks the other guy that's standing next to her, and he, that guy says no. And then he says, all right, well, let's get to it. And he just sprints, <laughs> like, off the stage yeah. in the back. Right. And, like, you hear him... Like crash into something. Oh man, him running away is the best part because it makes no sense. <laughs> That's my number one. And nothing about it. Yeah, but I mean, like even in that scene, it's just like he just sprints away for no reason. Uh, number one. All right. Um, uh, any uh, information from our fans or listeners? Uh, I wouldn't call them fans, but our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call you guys fans. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, don't 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 do that to them. Oh come on! <laughs> First, we got a uh, Clayton chiming in on Facebook. He gives swingers a four. So look at that, Scott. There you go. Uh, I don't need to see this again, but I'm not going to complain if somebody has it on. And uh, not enough of a shot in front of <laughs> to sit through the opening sequence that ends with him interrupting Vince Bonds to get the telephone. Yeah, that's the one in the trailer. Oh, that was awful. Anyways, his top five pickup lines for a movie. And he has an honorable mention right off the bat where uh, he said, like, you can be my wingman anytime. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. Transgressive. 
It's like, oh no, for the record, he nearly picked these ones. Yeah. For uh, do you want to do you want to do the man dance or you want to be my wing? You can be my wingman anytime. Anyways, the honorable mention is from Jim Cotta, which oh, I really need to see this movie again. Where I guess the dude is acting a scene with himself and his quote unquote date, and he's doing all these crazy flips to change positions as an indicator of who's talking. So he's kind of by himself, but then playing both parts of himself and a date, and he's doing some crazy flips and shit. We need to do Jim Cotter. Yes, we do need to do Jim Cotter. For no other reason than... Yep. Uh, he also Sounds has another... great! <laughs> honorable mention that's not on this list, so it's from uh, Shark Attack Jesus 3. Christ! Make a damn list without so many honorable mentions already! <laughs> Shark Attack 3, this is just a quick line where John Borrowman uh, is hitting on a girl, and I guess the director just told him, say anything to get a uh, reaction out of the your co-star, and he says, so, how about uh, we go back to my place and I eat your pussy? Right there, just just like that, and that made it into the final film. Ridiculous. Let's get it to his list now. Number five, Bill and Ted simultaneously proposing to their girlfriends in Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey. You guys remember that? Nope. Mm. They're both at the same table, and they're both on one knee proposing to the girlfriends, like, three feet apart. Yeah, the princesses doing almost exactly the same speech. Were they about to marry some royal ugly dudes? (laughs) Well, this is... Yeah, they were. As number four is Drop the Zero and Get with the Hero from Vanilla Ice. (laughs) (laughs) From the movie Cool as Ice. Boom, 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 his, oh, we should have gotten this with Jeff. Number three, the line suitor number three delivers in all oh, in the dating game. Yeah. <laughs> he kisses like a jackhammer because he's in there with some pressure, and when he's done, his date is not the same anymore. What a bunch of horseshit. Where do you come up with this shit? Number two, a good one. there's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. Oh, yes. Wesley. From Wesley and the Princess Wesley. Bride. And number one... I wouldn't call that a pickup line. His pickup line is, as you wish. Ah, accurate. Still a good line. (laughs) It is a good line, but I wouldn't call it a pickup line. And number one, he's referencing sports here, so I know all about that. But uh, (laughs) Iker Casillas, after Spain wins the 2010 World Cup, Spain, his girlfriend, is a reporter. And I guess he... uh, Let's see, Spanish has gotten a distraction. They win the World Cup. Spain's first after being the, uh, she goes to an interview live with him and cuts to him saying I'd like to thank everybody who kept supporting us my mom my dad friends and you and he kisses the reporter right on live TV because that's his girlfriend because that would be awkward <laughs> yeah or amazing so no nobody had All nobody right. had the, an honorable mention for nice shoes wanna fuck no yeah, no, yeah. not that one. But now we move on to our uh, Twitter, to Twitter we sphere, Twitter. and we have yeah. yeah. Uh, Garth, listener Garth chimes <laughs> in. You're the worst. I was guy. joking. Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> he wasn't. He he wasn't joking. His uh, number five from Light of the Concords, because you're so beautiful, like a tree or a high class prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> from the song, the most beautiful girl. I love that song. Uh, number four, Kenny Powers. Blink if you want, if if you want me T-shirt. I don't remember that from Eastbound and Down. I I have yet to finish that series though. 
throw a fastball hard as fuck. <laughs> he does. Uh, number three, Tom Haverford. Hey, boo. Are you aging in reverse? Because you look barely legal. <laughs> huh. Oh, uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, oh, number two, Vanilla Ice from <laughs> the movie Cool as Ice. <laughs> Yo, drop that zero. Get with the hero. And number one, Ralph Wiggum. If you were a booger, I'd pick you first. <laughs> you choo-choo choose me? Mm-hmm. And now we move on. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, our listener, Ronnie Gordon. three? Oh, my God. This is amazing. Yeah, I know. Thanks, guys. And he... <laughs> that was, Ronnie, that I wasn't sorry. joking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your list isn't numbered, so I'm just going to read it top to bottom the way I have it here. So, uh, top to bottom. From uh, Big Trouble in Little China. He's got two of them from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> where he goes in undercover and says, Harry Swanson's my name and excitement's my game. <laughs> And the second one is the whole scene with Kim Control at the airport. He's like, can I ask you serious questions? Absolutely not. Well, would you ever consider just jumping right into the sure, but not with someone in your condition? <laughs> Let's talk about my condition. From where I'm standing, it's Miller time. You know what Jack Burton says when it's Miller time? And then shit gets yeah. real. And that guy shows up with the awesome the next... 80s sunglasses with the lines in them. Oh, dude, so cool. <laughs> yeah, next one is... Uh, not a movie, but Joey, just from uh, from the TV show Friends. And I guess I missed this. I might have, sh- I should have had this on, just because it's so prolific. You just, how you doing? That that's this whole shtick, and it it's works. funny. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, from Top Gun, Mab, the Goose. You've lost yep. that love and feeling. And last one he has, which I'm gonna assume is number one because it's pretty great. James Bond. He's got a fencing. James Bond has got a fencing sword, and the lady says, "You handle your weapon well." <laughs> and he says, "Thanks. I try to keep my tip up." <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. I always enjoy reading your list. It's really hard. I try not to read them before I make my list because there's a lot of stealable stuff in there. We could do. We could do. Thank a you whole very much. List about Bond pickup. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. sports. Ball? So uh, one of Lonzo Ball's 17 siblings tried to shoplift in China? I heard about this. You guys heard about uh, one this of his, One of his shit? two other siblings, but yes, go on. Okay. So, oh, I thought he had more than nope. two. Anyways. Well, brothers, anyway. Uh, I think that's ah, All right. Just a pair of balls. But yeah, he was trying to shoplift in China, and I guess since he's a big, you know, they're not putting him through the uh, regular, very just and fair Chinese judicial system, and they're giving him a bit of preferential treatment. So, uh, what kind of an idiot do you have to be to shoplift in another country, let alone China? Well. I'm asking. No, seriously. I don't know. I don't know much about this family <laughs> other than the dad's an asshole, so maybe it'll rub off. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there it maybe is. Just stupid kid logic. He thought he thought he could get away with it because it's like, oh, it's another country. It doesn't count or something like that. I don't know. It's pretty pretty well, fucking stupid. Fam- famous brother. Yeah. What about that kid who like stole like North Korea propaganda stuff and they sent him home in a coma? I mean, come on. What are you thinking? 
Yeah. Who know? Well, who knows yeah. what's going on in North Korea? I know, but apparently, okay, you don't know about it. He's apparently he just stole some stuff, like some whatever. He didn't deserve to be put in a coma, but I'm just saying, yeah. if you're in a country like that, you'd be on your best. Well, behavior. that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying we don't know that he actually did sure. anything wrong. And Dennis Rodman comes back and forth, so... Dennis Rodman, the only thing keeping us from the brink of nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord have mercy. All right, it's time for Neom News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is, yeah. Um, light news week for me. Um, there is a pretty rad Deadpool 2 Thanksgiving poster. <laughs> like, teaser poster. Ah, oh, shit. I haven't seen it. <laughs> just, just Google it real quick if, if anybody... Feels like it. Um, it's got all the characters. Um, hilariously, it's got the cab driver. <laughs> he's like one of the closest people to Deadpool. Um, so he, I don't know if he's actually coming back for the movie, but it's hilarious to see him there. Uh, it's got the the old woman um, and other characters. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. So next year, the last couple years, there's been a ton of these things, and I'm still not tired of them. Uh, I know that people have said that the the superhero fatigue is starting to set in, or perhaps has already set in. Uh, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, keep them coming. Uh, yeah, me too. You know, big. It's starting to hit me yeah. a little bit. Like I haven't gotten out to see Thor yet. And I don't yeah, there's know. there's three or four. I think there's like four Marvel properties movies coming out next year. Um, along with I don't know if Aquaman's coming out next year or not. Uh, not sure about that. I hear he, I hear he's marrying a woman without gills. But they're for two separate worlds. <laughs> Did she give up her voice for a vagina? <laughs> well, she wouldn't have to. Uh, talk to <laughs> he knows the deal. Yeah, it's like an episode of Futurama. <laughs> the <Yeah>. deep sound. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so any, anyway, back to my original comment. Uh, yeah, go Google's poster. It's pretty hilarious. Um, Look, looking forward to this, ah, man. I'm, I, I can't say the most next year, uh, but it, it'll be up there. The hype is real for all these Marvel properties. Um, come on, Infinity War has got to be. Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Infinity War. Um, but even Black Panther still looks rad. I keep bringing that up. Uh, Captain Marvel. They haven't shown anything from that yet. Um, but that's gonna be great. I mean. Ant-Man might even be coming out next year. There might even be like five of these things. Uh, nice. But, yeah, I'm not sure on the scheduling. Uh, and then the other um, bit of Marvel news is just, I want to reiterate, go go see Thor if you haven't seen it. It's rad. That's all I have to say about that. Uh... <laughs> Thanks, Thor. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, Alex, <laughs> did you have anything you wanted to talk about here? Uh, nope. Right, Jeff? Yeah, I have a couple oh, big wow. pieces. So there's the rumor that Disney's going to buy Fox Movie and Fox TV. So Yeah, if I broke that one, nobody would believe yeah. me. So. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm doing it. It's not it's not a April Fool's Day, so we can go for <laughs> it. Um, it's rumored. and I think that they said the talks have maybe kind of already died down. So, so it so, may so not happen. I'd, but... I'd heard about that. Um, I, it, may, it got me thinking, um, and it wouldn't necessarily be part of the deal, but... What would happen if, say, Disney bought out Fox and then controlled Fox News? Like, 
That wasn't part of the deal. It was TV and movies, okay. sports and news. But, but I mean, like, let, let's just say that happened, though, just as a thought experiment. Rupert. Would they leave it alone as is? Would they disband it? Like, I have no idea. Like, like ABC seems pretty moderate I don't know. Uh, as, a, as a news organization. Um, would they know. just keep it as is? Like, I don't know, because I feel like the... Well, Rod, now that Roger Ailes is out, who knows? Uh, but, like, the ownership of, of Fox... Uh, well, that's not part of the deal, so why speculate? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Think about it. <laughs> what but what is do? interesting is the X-Men and Fantastic Four coming into the MCU. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Also, part of this whole Disney Star Wars thing is they don't actually have the distribution rights to the original Star Wars movie. I don't know about the first two, but definitely the first one. So this would get that into their interesting. hands. Oh, yeah. And if it's TV shows, you know, stuff like X-Files and The Simpsons and stuff would now be under Disney control. And I, I guess the, they're saying the main thing for this could be because they're doing their streaming service and just gives them all that content to do. Ugh, yeah. Um, but then, you know, people say there's side effects. You were mentioning Deadpool. Well, if Deadpool is now owned by Disney, is this going to make rated R Deadpool movies in the future? So there's pros and cons. I, I, I don't see why they would not continue on with that formula. You know, you wouldn't. It's still Disney. Like, well, they, you just wouldn't necessarily they, see like Deadpool show up Disney. So. It's it's something to talk about, right? Like I agree with you that probably they'll make a different like touchstone, like back in the day, a different actual distribution or whatever. But something to consider. I, I think um, I think with like this Marvel stuff, like Disney's been hands off enough that like that they would leave. This or, or whatever they kind of built on with uh, with Wolverine, the last with Logan, they, they, I think they would kind of leave that alone and just let it, let those be R and whatever spun out of those. They better. You have, you have more faith in them than I do. I mean, they're the ones that banned L.A. Times from going to their movies because they said they wrote a bad review. Disney's evil people. Well, hey, I don't. Know. <laughs> it's I, I. I don't think I, that would. Um, I, I don't necessarily think it either, but it's something that you definitely have to think about. And then the other bit of news is they announced the three new Star Wars movies done by Ryan Johnson. So, new trilogy announced and a TV show. So, they've announced a live-action TV show for Star Wars and a new trilogy written and directed. At least the first episode by Ryan Johnson. Um, so, that kind of explains why he's not doing the episode nine. That he's going to be doing his own I, thing. I don't trust him so that's just awesome. solely because he misspells his own. That is true. Um, but, so let's just hope Last Jedi is good, because if it's not, and this guy's in charge of a whole trilogy, that would suck. But um, So yeah, that's all my news. I, I'm interested in a TV show. You know, most of their... That's another thing, like... I mean, to kind of uh, back what Scott's saying, Disney is making these Netflix shows with Punisher and Daredevil, and they're pretty, pretty gruesome. So they can still... Do that type of thing, but then they also make Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Rebels and stuff like that. Well, so that stuff's like, geared for kids. Wars, Rebels. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Star Wars is they still think is geared for kids, and so I'm, if they make a TV show, it might not be something oh, I'm interested well, in watching. About it's going to be more that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that is an interesting line to walk. Yeah. So. All right. That's all that I got. Anything else? That's it for me. All right. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.